Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. Amen. Y'all love Jesus tonight? Come on, we could do... There ain't three people in here. Y'all love Jesus tonight? You love the Lord? Has he ever done anything for you? Come on, has he been there for you? In times you felt like you ain't had nobody to turn to. Amen. But the same God. Same God. Amen. I'm not going to sing tonight. I feel like the ground has been plowed. The worship has been incredible. Amen. And, and I'm, just, I'm just excited to, to share with you with what God has given me. And I just want to thank your, your pastors tonight, Pastor Matt and Jess. We love them. They, are, they have a heart not only for God, but they have a heart for you guys. And in, in, in ministry, it's, it's hard to find people who are willing to uh, not just do the stage work, right? But to do the stuff that nobody else sees. The text messages, the phone calls, the, the times of maintenance, the times of, of, you know, the kids being up all night and, and not getting a good night's rest. And not only just having to work a, 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 real, a, a real job right, but to do ministry on top of that. Uh, speaking from experience, it, it takes a toll. And you guys have been doing this for a long, long time. 11, 12 years, am I right? Longer? Longer. Longer. Longer, 20, hallelujah, bless, bless your hearts, amen. I'll tell you a little bit, but I love them tonight. Can you give your pastors a, a good hand clap of not just of love, not just of appreciation, amen, but just how much you care for them tonight, amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to give you a brief introduction on, on myself and who I am and where I come from. Uh, I'm from Loveland. Does anybody know where Loveland's at? Okay. Loveland's kind of bougie from where I grew up. I grew up next to Loveland, okay, Goshen, right? And every preacher's, every preacher's saying when they came to our church was the land of Goshen, right, because it's in the Bible. And I thought, I thought it was real cool going to the back of the map of the Bible and seeing Goshen, like, yo, I live there. I don't live there. I, we live in Farmtown, USA, right? Um, and I love my home, but that's where we're, so that's where we're, that's where we're from, me and my wife, Katie. And uh, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. My father was my youth pastor my whole life. He was, he youth pastored for 17 years at our church. And then he felt the call to go senior pastor in Kentucky, Williamsburg, Kentucky, which nobody knows where that's at. So uh, it's Williamsburg. It's very small. It's smaller than Goshen. Um, and he pastored down there. And when he pastored there, we were doing music. Uh, I was doing music, and my wife was, uh, you know, helping. She don't sing or play, but she was helping, you know. And uh, we ended up student pastoring for four years. Amen. And now we're at a place in our life where God has just totally blown up everything. Uh, that was our church our whole life. whole life we served, grew. We're fed there, fed people there, amen, spiritually. And God had just picked us up and said, I have something else for you. And the craziest part about that is that we have no clue, right? We know God has, we know what God has in store for us, but we take each and every day praying, God, just make it happen. 
God, just make it happen. The same God, amen, who delivered Daniel from the lion's den is the same God that will provide for me and for my family. And regardless of our thoughts, regardless of the attacks of the enemy, God's plan will come to pass. Amen. Amen. Let's go to our word tonight. We're going to go to John chapter 15, verse 5. Amen. I'm thankful for my wife tonight. She is the most wonderful lady in the whole wide world. I don't know what I would do without her, be without her. Without her, I wouldn't be who I am today. Amen. And I'm thankful for her. And we have two little girls, Oakland and Capri. That's with their Nana tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Or they would be the ones shouting all the way across the front. Amen. They'd be running up and down this place. So uh, I'm thankful for them and I'm thankful for Nana tonight. John 15 and 5 says this. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without Jesus, you can do nothing. Think about that tonight. We're going to talk about what are you connected to? What are you connected to? Would it be all right if we prayed tonight? Do it, Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your love your grace, your mercy. God, I'm so, so thankful for your presence, God, that we have been in tonight, Lord, that we have experienced your goodness. We have tasted of your mercy, God. Your spirit is in this place. And tonight, I pray, God, Lord, that we would put ourselves to the side. We would forget what happened this week and all the struggles and the attacks from the enemy, God. We would even forget what happened at school today or what happened at work or 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 what has called us to maybe stumble uh, along these, maybe these these last couple weeks or even months, God. And we pray, Lord, that right now, God, you would put those distractions to the side, Lord, and we would focus on you and you alone, God. Whatever you have for us tonight, Lord, our prayer is, God, if you want to reveal yourself to us in any way, shape, or form, I am willing to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, connections, connections. We hear about it all throughout social media. Uh, who can we connect with? My wife posts beautiful photos of, of, of my children and of herself and of things, maybe places we're going and stuff like that. And it's so funny how like scammers will like message her and, and be like, uh, hey, uh, we want you to be an ambassador of, of, a, of our company or your children that wear a t-shirt or something like that. And they're all like fake. They have like two followers, right? They're just like, it's, they try to connect because I think that big businesses or maybe small businesses trying to grow realize that connections are valuable right? Uh, connections play a huge role in our lives today whether it be uh, for some of the kids maybe phone service got to be connected to that cell phone tower make sure we can get those text messages get those phone calls if you're like me I got my first phone at like 15 and now my five-year-old daughter has it on her Christmas list. I want a phone for Christmas. No way. She's got 10 more years. Right? No, that ain't going to happen, right? But uh, uh, cell, cell phones, like my phone, when I, when I was growing up, my phone at 15, I had to have Wi-Fi just for me to get connected to Internet. I, didn't, I wasn't allowed data. I had to have that Wi-Fi. So long trips, it was like Tetris. 
It was the snake game, right? You guys have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, maybe connected like through school material when the world went crazy during COVID and you had to, you had to be connected to your teacher through a program on your, on your phone or a program on your iPad or your computer, right? Connections are valuable. They're important. I'm in Bible college and I'm doing it online. And I have to be connected to turn my stuff in on time. Connections are so important. And the truth is, there are so many things in this life that we can be connected to. A lot of things we have to be connected to. A lot of things we shouldn't be connected to. But ultimately, there's so many things uh, provided for us on our everyday life that allow themselves to be connected to, okay? And can I tell you the one thing that everything's, everyone's connected to? Their phone. Their phone. I'm guilty. We are feel connected to our phone like we have to have it. How many people have left the house before and got five minutes down the road, maybe ten minutes down the road, and be like, I forgot my phone. I need my phone. Turn that thing around. Don't matter if you're going to be late or not. You need your phone. Did you know that the average smartphone user has 63 interactions a day on their phone? 63, and somebody just said, that's it. She said, that's it? I think, I, 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 but 63 interactions, right? Did you know that uh, like 100, and I, I read a statistic that 190 billion apps were downloaded last year? That's crazy. And uh, we spend an average of six and a half to seven hours a day on our phone. Now listen, I paint and I do, I do construction and I do business through my phone. A lot of people do work through their phone, but it doesn't tell, tell us how much leisure time that is, right? How much fun time that is and how many YouTube rabbit holes we fall down and, and TikTok rabbit holes we fall down, right? And, and uh, I think it's safe to say that people are deeply connected to their phones. And I'm not here to preach against screen time because I'm on screen time a lot of, a lot of the time on my day, but I'm saying that if we're not careful, we will allow things that we're connected to, to override the biggest and most important connection we need in our life. And can I tell you what connection we need most in our life? The most important connection should be our relationship with Jesus Christ. What are we doing every day to grow in Christ? Are we reading our Bible more than we're posting? Are we praying more than we're praying, right? Are, are, are we praying more than we're interacting with people on, on our phones or even at school or even at work? Times where we could be really growing our relationship with Christ, are we prioritizing it over everything else? We need to have a deep connection with Christ. And, and I've come to tell somebody today that if, if we ever want to be pleasing in the eyes of God, if we ever want to be pleasing in the eyes of God, then we must not just want a life of glory, right? We must not just want to be pleasing in his eyes, but we must live a life according to in his word in prayer, in fasting, in praying for others, right? Uh, we need to be connected. And I think it's, it's a funny question, right? There's two types of connections. You want me to tell you them real quick? Want me to tell you? There's a good connection, and then there's a bad connection. There's a good connection, then there's a bad connection. And I have this lamp here. Check this out. My wife's going to kill me because uh, this is the lamp from our house, right? And I'm just going to sit it right here. And if I break it, I already took the lampshade off and the thing that goes around the light bulb. <laughs> so if this thing breaks, I want to be in trouble. 
Y'all see that light? Cool. That's a good connection, right? That is a good connection. Come on, let's give a hand for the good connection, right? This lamp, and I'm going to use it throughout my sermon, so don't be too distracted by it, okay? Just know that the light has a good connection. That's why it's working. Can I tell you about a man in the Bible who had some power? His name was Samson. Anybody know about Samson? Yeah? Samson was a strong man. He was a strong, strong man. And he had, just like our lamp here, connected to the power. Samson was connected to God, and he had the literal power, right? Uh, Judges 13 and 5 tells us this, For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. This here we, uh, we, we read of a vow that Samson was to partake in for all of his life. A promise he was to live by to stay in the perfect power of Christ. To operate in the power, he had to keep the connection. No razor shall touch his head. And if doing so, he will then deliver Israel, right? And some people are probably thinking like, geez, who could go their whole life without a haircut? This, this man had to. It was his promise. It was his connection to Christ, And uh, he was the strongest man who had ever lived. Some theologians say he was the world's first superhero. Think about that. Samson, a man called by God to deliver Israel through strength, the first superhero. Uh, Others say he was a, a, a huge, masculine, buffed out gym rat who had muscles bigger than the clouds in the sky. But I like to think God likes to get the glory out of things that don't seem like they can. So Pastor Matt, I look at Samson kind of like, he looked like me and you. And God used him to do some pretty incredible things. Uh, most of us know this today, but I want us to take a look at his track record. Is that all right? Can we do that tonight? The Bible records that Samson's first demonstration of the Lord's power, uh, power in him and through him came when he ripped an attacking lion apart while he was on his way to visit his Philistine uh, bride-to-be. The Bible tells us in Judges uh, 14, chapter 5 through 6, I don't want to just uh, talk about it because I feel like some of our teenagers, and maybe if you guys were anything like me, just because you hear it, you're not really going to, oh, yeah, you sound like you're dramatizing the story. No, let's read about it right here. Uh, verse 5 tells us this, Then went Samson down and his father and to his mother and to Timnath, and he came to the vineyards of Timnath, and behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, And he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told his father and his mother what he had done. And the Bible relates that the spirit of the Lord took control of Samson and he overcame the lion. To rent something means to shred the pieces, if you don't know. Samson was being attacked by this lion and he destroyed him with his bare hands. That's pretty strong. The second manifestation of his power was, uh, was coming to Samson and, uh, was to come when Samson in anger of his father-in-law destroyed the crops of the Philistine. And he did this by capturing 300 foxes. 300 
300, tying their tails together, setting them on fire to destroy the crops. And the Bible tells us so. Judges 15, 4 through 5 says, Samson went and caught 300 foxes, took fire bands and, and turned tail to tail and put, put a firebrand in the midst between two tails. And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burnt up both of the shocks and also the standing corns with the vineyards and the olives. I don't know. I've not even been able to catch a cat before. But to catch a fox... And not just one fox, guys. 300. Not only did he catch 300, but he divided them and tied their tails together alive. I feel bad for the father-in-law. He must have been, uh, you know, he must have made him pretty angry. But that shows some, some strength. And then we talk about how, how his, his last showing of power was when he slew a thousand Philistines with a donkey's jawbone. The Bible tells us, Judges 15, and we'll go 14, 15 here. And when he came to Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that were burnt with fire and his bands loosed from his hands. And Samson said, with the jawbone, he, he went and he slayed a thousand men. And as we can tell, Samson was a very physically strong man. Very physically strong man. And God has, the truth of the matter is, is that Samson had that strong connection with God. He had that strong connection, and through that connection of not shaving his head, holding to the promise of God, God used him and portrayed power through his life. And that's what he's doing with us. If you have a relationship, or maybe you don't have a relationship with God yet, if you have a relationship with him, he honors that covenant. He honors that connection. He honors that promise that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He honors that promise that you will be the head and not the tail. That yes, many may come before you, but they will not have victory over you. Because Christ has overcame the world. He honors that connection. But the truth of the matter is, Samson had a weak spot. And we read about it in the story. He had a weak spot, and Samson was a ladies' man. He was a ladies' man. Somebody said, like you and me. <laughs> he was a ladies' man. Samson fell in love with a woman. Anybody know her name tonight? Delilah. Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah. From the commencement of their unseemly relationship, Delilah was, was filled with treachery. And you know what she always asked him? And I'm not going to go through all of it tonight. But you know what he asked him? She would always ask him, Samson, where does your strength come from? Samson, in our, in our terms right here, Samson, you're so ripped. Samson, you don't even go to the gym. You're not even on the keto diet, Samson. Where does your strength come from, right? And Samson wasn't allowed to tell. He didn't want to tell, right? 
So she asked him, and, and Delilah said to Samson, please, I pray, I pray, Samson, will you tell me, I'm your lover, will you tell me, it's me, it's only me, Delilah, right, it's only me, will you tell me where your strength comes from? And Samson said to her, if you bind me with seven green withs that were never dried, then I'll be weak, right? And really what Delilah was doing, she was trying to turn him over. She was trying to turn him over and turn him in. So Samson was wild asleep, right? He, he, he was, he was, he was, uh, he was, he was wild asleep and, and she bound him with, with this, with this trick, which is what the enemy tries to do to me and you every day. Patrick, how do you go every day with joy? Your grandfather died earlier this year. How are you doing it? He loved Jesus just like you do, and now he's gone. How do you have joy? Tell me. Tell me your connection. Tell me, right? Samson told her a lie, and she did it. And she said, Samson, wake up. For the Philistines are upon you. And he busted them like they were nothing. Busted them like they were nothing. And then she got upset, Delilah did. She said, I can't believe you would lie to me like this. I thought you loved me. And he said, I do love you. And then he told her another lie. No, listen, this is really, this is really where my strength lies, right? And they wrapped and she wrapped and she got him asleep again and she wrapped him up and, and she said, Samson, wake up! But the Philistines are upon you. And he busted it again. And she was upset again. Why would you lie to me? I thought, I thought you loved me. Don't you love me anymore? And then eventually, after a couple times have come by, he fell. And he said, Delilah, my strength comes through my hair. And I don't want us to get caught on that, that this man was only strong through a because of a hair, because of a hairdo, because of a man bun, right? Or through a mullet, right? I don't, I don't want us to get caught on that because the, the truth of the matter is the long hair, the not cutting the hair represented that Nazarite vow. It was the power. It was the connection to Christ, okay? So as he was being wild by the enemy because it looked good, because it felt good, because it seemed good, he said, I lied to you long enough. It's through my hair. And can I tell you, the moment he fell asleep and Delilah cut his hair, as sure as we are standing here today, the Bible tells us that Samson lost his strength. He lost his strength. And you know what that tells us tonight? That Samson, when his hair was cut, his covenant with Christ, his connection to God, the thing that gave him his power, the absolute thing, his purpose, his destiny that God called him to be and called him to want to do through him. He was to deliver Israel through this connection. He would do what God's plan was. But because sin showed himself to him, because sin came along and wild him enough, he fell. And can I tell you tonight, I'm not going to stand up here and act like I know you. 
I'm not going to stand up here and act like I know what you struggle with. And I'm not going to act like I know what happens at school and that I know what happens in the locker room and that I know what happens in the group chat and that I know what you're looking at on Instagram or on TikTok. And I'm not going to act like I've experienced your home life. But what I can tell you is that I've lived a life of my own. Growing up as a pastor's kid for 17 years of my life, I knew, Pastor Matt, how to play the part. Oh, I was good at it, too. I was at church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night for youth group. That's when we had ours. And I had to be there on Saturday night for the old folk service. And can I tell you that I knew how to play the part? I was good. Stone face. Ain't nothing bothering me. I'm a perfect Christian. My dad is a pastor. I would never do anything to jeopardize that. My relationship with Christ? No. I was playing on, uh, I played the drums for the choir since I was like 10 years old. And I was always here. I was always at church. And I felt like, uh, yeah, I'm at church. I'm fine. But it was Monday. And it was Tuesday. And it was Thursday and it was Friday hanging out with the kids on the football team. And, and it was Saturday when I was, uh, I was with the girls that I shouldn't have been with. And it was the days that I wasn't in church that affected my connection with Christ. But the truth of the matter is, if you've not experienced him in a life-changing way, your life will never change. Sometimes, like Samson, we, we give in to sin because it's appealing. The, the Bible says that sin is only fun for a season, right? So let's break up the seasons that we experience in the year, right? We experience four seasons for three months of each year. Here in Ohio, we get snow for like six months, okay? But we're going to take, take it from this. Sin is only fun for a season. So that tells me that the other three quarters aren't so fun. Is what you're doing now worth the heartache and the pain that's coming? The loneliness that's coming. Summer's fun, y'all. Summer's fun. You all got the pool. You got the barbecues, right? You have the friends. Football season's coming, right? But then school hits. And then snow hits. And then a time change comes. I don't know about you, but the depression has been trying to come through this time change, and I rebuke it. I rebuke it. I don't know what it is about it, but it's coming. And I'm telling you tonight, think about something before you do it. Sin is only fun for a season. It was at that very moment in verse 19 that Samson became disconnected from the, from the power source. And the truth is, if we toy around with sin enough, and we fall to the lust of the flesh enough and to the desires of the flesh. And we will find ourselves in the same situations. No matter how many times you pray or how many times you're, you act like you're in the right place. If you're not pursuing Christ at your fullest, your connection will not be a good one. Sin causes that bad connection to arise in your relationship with Christ. Isaiah 59 and 2 tells us this, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. The truth of the matter is tonight is that every sin will disconnect us from Christ. This is a hard pill to swallow, but there is no big sin 
and there is no little sin. There is no important sin and not important sin. Sin is sin, right? Whether it's backbiting or whether it's drugs or maybe from ungodly relationships to to gossiping, right? From hate to, to lust. Can I tell you that sin is sin? But the truth is, but just as every sin is sin, every sin can be forgiven. This isn't a, a horror story where, where sin is sin and, and you're condemned to hell. Can I tell you that, that there's a way out? No matter how long you've been struggling, no matter how long you've been dealing with something, no matter how many obstacles you feel like you've been having to hurdle and climb and jump and rope across and, and to drive through and to go under and around, can I tell you whatever it is you're dealing with, it can, it can be forgiven. It can. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's talking about me and you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. This is good news because without him, we are nothing. Without him, we are nothing. But he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. Samson was was taken into captivity, as as we all know. And what he was is he was brought to be entertainment. He was brought to be entertainment. They locked him in between two pillars, right? And as everyone was at this big feast, at this this big dinner, at this big party, he, an enemy, chained, locked up. And the Bible tells us that they plucked his eyes out, right? Right? where all he heard was laughing and all he heard was, was the scorn and, and all he heard was his enemies almost as in a vic- victorious chant against him. He is here chained, defeated. And I love that Pastor Matt talked about it. Isn't it amazing that the blind man saw Jesus for who he really was? Samson, without anything left, came to himself. Can I say that tonight? He came to himself. I can imagine him sitting there or standing there chained and locked between these two pillars saying, my God made a promise to me. And I failed him. Can I tell you that wherever you are in your life, we've all failed God. No matter what degree, we've all failed him. And the truth of the matter is, is that, is that Samson came to himself and he cried out to God. And I just imagine him in my mind and, and in my heart just asking, pleading to God, please, God, will you forgive me for failing you? If you would just give me the strength one more time. God, won't you do it one more time? Won't you do it one more time? You did it for my mother and you did it for my father, God. Me as Patrick, I've seen you deliver my father and I've seen you deliver my aunts and my uncles and I've seen you heal people in this very altar and I've seen lives change forever. And I know that I failed you, but God, will you do it in me again? And God honored that. And we read in the Bible that, uh, that Samson, re, uh, um, he, he regained that strength. And the Bible tells us that his strength grew back and he broke the pillars, right? And we all know that the, the destruction of the pillars killed everyone there. And he had killed more people in his death than he did in his actual life, right? And Samson cried out to God and God heard him. He heard him. And can I tell you why? Can I tell you why God heard him? 
Because prayer reconnects you to Christ. Prayer reconnects you with Christ. And that's exactly what Samson did, right? This light that was once bright, this light that was once connected to the power that was once broken and and failed God was then at that prayer, at that very prayer, reconnected to the power source, reconnected to do destiny, reconnected to fulfill purpose, reconnected to do what God had ordained his whole entire life to do. And that was to defeat the enemy. And that's exactly what he did. I'm persuaded tonight that the power of the Holy Spirit has been tried, but stands true. Right? It's been tried through generations and, and generations and, and my grandparents and my great grand my great grandparents and my own parents and in my own life, the Holy Spirit has dwelt all throughout the years and he's the same yesterday as he is today. And there's power. The, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. He's the one that comes when we're discouraged, right? He's the one that comes to make us feel whole again. He's the power of God that can restore what was once lost back to fruition again. Who can break the chains of addiction, that can break the chains of bondage. It's the Holy Spirit that when we feel like we can't go any further, pushes us and pushes us. And pushes us. When we feel like we can't go any longer. Says you can do it. The Holy Spirit is the thing in your mind. That when your friends come to peer pressure you. The Holy Spirit says. Man you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to live that life. Because the truth is. What you're connected to. Displays who you are. If this lamp is connected to a bad GFI, it's not going to turn off. So if you're connected to peer pressure, you're going to look to uh, your purpose as pleasing others. Can I tell you that? If you feel like your purpose is pleasing others, then, then you're not connected to the right source. If, you're, if your connection is to gossiping, or bringing people down maybe because in your own personal life you feel like you kind of have a low self-esteem and you feel like you're being built up by breaking others down, can I tell you, you're not connected to the right source. But it's through the Holy Spirit that he can change your life and not only change it, but change it forever. Because the truth of the matter is, I was a whole different person before I got connected to the source. I want to be who I am today, not that I'm anything, but in my relationship with Christ and all that he's blessed me with and all that he's done for me and all the things that he's brought me through and kept me away from, I would not be who I am today without the power to the right connection. Because if I was connected to the wrong source, I would be in a whole totally different other place. But it's because of the Holy Spirit tonight that I am who I am today because I've come too far to turn back now. I've come too far to turn back now. Not only has the Lord changed me, but he's changed me for the better. And I, I don't desire to be who I used to be. I, I don't find glory in all the sin that I used to be in. And I look back at all the times and I, and I look forward at the people who I used to be around who aren't, uh, who are still the same people they were in high school. And I think to myself, thank God I encountered Christ. Because if I didn't encounter Christ, I'd be right there with them. 
And I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit tonight. And can I tell you that prayer is, is powerful. Prayer, prayer is powerful. That is what helped deliver Samson. That's what's regained that connection is prayer. And there was, uh, there was a time a, a couple months ago or last year where my wife Katie, her, her back was hurting her very bad and she, she couldn't move real good and she felt, uh, you know, she just, her back was hurting. And every night we would pray with our daughter before she goes to bed, Oakland. And there was one night, if you don't know Oakland, this is going to tell you everything about her, okay? I said, Oakland, all right, it's time for bed. We got to pray. I don't want to pray. I said, girl, we, we got to go to bed, and you can't go to bed without praying. Do we have to pray tonight, please? I'm like, and you know, she's only three, four years old. And I'm telling her, I'm telling her, yeah, baby, we got to pray because it's important that we pray because there's power in our prayer. So let's just go ahead and go to bed. Let's pray and then we'll go to bed. And you know, a couple of days later, her back started hurting and uh, Oakland goes to Katie and she said, mommy, can I pray for you? Right? And Oakland says this little sweet prayer, Jesus, touch mommy's back. Amen. And can I tell you about a day or two later, her back started feeling better. Right. So you can look at it like, oh, well, her back was just had a little twig and that was it, you know. But no, there's power in prayer. And the truth is, it it doesn't matter how old you are. And I'm not just talking about it in a physical sense that, uh, uh, yes, a four year old's prayer is just as important as a as a 68 year old man's prayer. Right. But. I feel like a lot of us get caught up on spiritual maturity. Right. Just because you're one month into the faith doesn't mean that your works aren't as important as a 40-year-old vet in the faith. Can I say that tonight? That you are just as important piece of the body of Christ tonight. No matter how far along you are in your relationship with Christ, as long as you are striving for the perfect will of Christ in your life, he will use you, he will guide you, and he will anoint you to do everything that he's called you to do tonight. It's important to realize what we are connected to. When we're connected to fear, we can't move forward in God. When we're connected in in sin, we can't move forward. When we're connected in jealousy, we can't move forward. When we're uh, connected to self-gratification, right, we can't move forward in Christ because that what we're connected to prioritizes over everything else. Because I'm connected to God, my family is blessed. Because you're connected to God, you have a promising future. What you're connected to is important. I've seen countless times young people and and adults that have put off God's will for their life uh, due to a lack of prioritizing it. Don't push off what God has called you to do. Do it. When you're connected to things other than the things of God, our life cannot grow. And the truth is tonight, is that we can call on the name of Jesus regardless of our situation. Regardless. I was at a time in my life at 16 years old where I had to come to a realization that I was doing things that I should not be doing. Doing things that I shouldn't be doing. Hanging around people that I shouldn't have been hanging out with. Doing things that, uh, uh, that a preacher's kid probably shouldn't be doing. And I'm telling you, I had to come to a point in my life where I realized nothing was as important and as real to me as a relationship with Christ. But I had to experience him. I had to experience him. I didn't care what the elders of the church said. I didn't care what my dad said, right? I didn't care what my mama said. Because my mama and my daddy couldn't take salvation for me. I had to take it myself. So my prayer is tonight for you, is that if you don't know Christ, 
you don't have a connection with him, first and foremost, if you don't have a connection with him, please desire it tonight. I don't know your situation. I don't know your home life. I don't know what you go home to. But you're not here on accident. You're not here on accident. God desires you to have power. He desires you to fulfill purpose. Could we stand tonight? I want to play. Jesus. If we could do this, just every head bow, every eyes closed. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you tonight. And we're thankful for your spirit and we're thankful for your presence. Thanks for listening. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow us on social media at Haven Youth Church. We love you, fam. The best is yet to come.